welcome to the latest edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. My name is Mark Sennett. I'm the CEO of Western Business Media, which is the publisher of Health and Safety Matters. So thanks for joining us again today on this edition of the podcast. But as you know, the podcast isn't the only way that you can keep up to date with all the latest news, prosecutions, products and services in the health and safety sector. You just need to go to our website, which you can use a search engine and search for Health and Safety Matters or go direct, hsmsearch.com. Now, before I go into a bit more about that, I'd like to thank once again the sponsor of the podcast, which is the Health and Safety event. So the Health and Safety event takes place on the 5th to 7th of April 2022 at the NEC in Birmingham. If you register for the event, you also get free access to the workplace event, the fire safety event and the security event. It's one registration, one ticket, gives you access to over 900 exhibitors and hundreds of hours of CPD content. Now, if you want to register for your free pass, you also get free parking at the NEC. And that is healthandsafetyevent.com, healthandsafetyevent.com. And we'll be running a theatre there, the Health and Safety Matters Knowledge Exchange at the Health and Safety Event, which is, well, I would say it's fantastic because I'm putting on the content for it, but it's very different. It's panel sessions where there's no PowerPoint, not death by PowerPoint. You, the audience, really sets the agenda. And we've got three key themes from health and well-being on one day, legislation another, and PPE on another. So you can find out all the information about that on healthandsafetyevent.com where you can register for your free ticket. So back to us quickly. As I said, please do go to our website where you can see the latest news, prosecutions, products and services. You can also look at our upcoming webinars by clicking on the webinars tab or go and watch on demand the dozens and dozens of uh back archive webinars we've got there just by clicking on the webinars tab there. You can sign up to get copies of HSM for free. You can sign up to our twice a week e-newsletter that goes to 50 odd thousand of your industry colleagues. All of that completely free. So also if you want to put any feedback to this podcast, please use hashtag HSM podcast on social media. So we always start off with the news and one of the biggest news stories for me of the year is involves a lot of work for us is the shortlist for the Safety and Health Excellence Awards 2022 has been unveiled. So this is obviously an event that, that we run and we've got 10 independent judges that uh, deal with all of this and the winners. And yeah, the shortlist for all the categories have been announced. Now, we really hope many of you will come and join us on the 6th of April at the Vox at Resorts World in Birmingham. That's on site of the NEC. It runs on the middle night of the health and safety event. It's the biggest networking event in the sector. This year it's hosted by popular comedian Hugh Dennis. And it's a great night. We have a networking drink to start off with. Great three-course meal, which is a bit of a different menu this year. I won't, I won't, won't spoil it for you, but I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. There's table wine on there and and, uh, and water, etc. Then we have magicians going around the tables and the networking drinks. Yes, Hugh Dennis does a comedy set. Then we get into the main event of the uh, awards categories where we announce the winners of our awards and the BSIF awards. And then as soon as that's over, we've got plenty of entertainment. We've got band, the dance floor. We've got a selfie mirror where you can dress up and take uh, team photos in there as well. We've got um, some great entertainment of arcade games, bar, you name it, we've got it. It's a great networking do. It's a great way to bring people together. But also, the reason we launch it 
it's meant to really recognize the fantastic work that you guys do, your teams do, your companies do, your, your supply chain, whoever, to keep people and property safe. It's, I think I don't need to tell you guys, as a profession, too often uh, the health and safety sector um, has been ridiculed for being health and safety. This really celebrates the important work that you do. And a huge thank you to our sponsors, 3M, Evotics, our headline sponsor, Eco Online, Nebosh, Havi, Lyrico, Martor, Able Safety, the Health and Safety Event, Shore City, MSA Safety, Safety Chair, Safety Knife Company, and Alchemist. So if you want to come and get tickets to the event, please do just go to she-awards.com. That's S-H-E-awards.com. And you can get your tickets now. And as I said, it takes place on the 6th of April, 2022. Now, on to the point of what I'm telling you. The shortlist has been announced. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? But I'm going to go through it with you. So Health and Safety Manager of the Year, category sponsored by Alchemist. The shortlist, and apologies if I butcher any pronunciations here. Um, Bruce... Balage of Auto Windscreens, Richard Bowden of Northamptonshire Police, Neffin Cardwell of POBL Group, Sadie Jones for KPAT UK, Richard Houghton from the Environment Agency, Elliot Holden from Able Online Network Services, Chris Kelly from ADT Workplace, Rosie Newcomb from Forth, Caroline Smith from the VPS Group, and Chris Watcham from Mobile Mini UK. So the next category, the shortlist. Uh, is for the Health and Safety Team of the Year, sponsored by Nebosh, and we had a record amount of entries to this category. So we had over 150 entries full stop. So it was not a given you lot were making the shortlist uh, across these awards. So thank you to all that entered, and congratulations, obviously, to all that made the shortlist. So for this category, Team of the Year, ADT Workplace, Aramark Limited, Central Power Services, Co-op, Flagship Services, Hunter Safety Group, Lyrico, MV Kelly Limited, Orbit Housing Group, RES, Slip Test Limited, and Walmart Scotland. Now, the next category, one very close to my heart, is the Alan MacArthur Unsung Hero Award, sponsored by 3M. This is done in honour of Alan MacArthur, who sadly passed away a few years ago, just before our first ever awards. Lovely man, yeah, dedicated his professional life to the sector, and it's a very fitting award for him. So the shortlist for this is... Uh, Bruce Barge from Auto Windscreens, Graham Clements from the British Standard Institution, David Stewardson from Merriway Kitchens Limited, Richard Bowden from Northamptonshire Police, and David Foster from Avon Line Network Services. The next category is Best Health and Safety Manufacturing, sponsored by Martor, and that shortlist is the Berry Black Pudding Company, KPAC, and ProSeal UK. The Best Health and Safety Project category, sponsored by MSA Safety, is ADT Workplace, Autism Care UK, Dimensions, Hachiki Europe, Living Ambitions Limited, Envent, and Safety Chair International. So the next category, Rising Star Award, sponsored by Evotics, is Tanya Aspinall of Medicines Discovery Catapult, Julie Blackburn from Northgate Lighting, Richard Bowden from Northamptonshire Police. He's definitely having a, uh, <laughs> a good run with entries. Elliot Holden from Avon Line Network Services. Kieran Holland from Savoir Wellbeing Limited. Uh, Santhosh Kumar from POSHE Solutions. Uh, Emma Poulton from Addy Innovations. And Adriana Zwolen from ProSeal UK. The campaign of the year, sponsored by Safety Chair, is, the shortlist is, Auto Windscreens. BAE Systems, John and Dixon, 
Dimensions, D Morgan PLC, Eco Online, Key Safety Group, Northamptonshire Police, and Slip Safety Services. Last couple of categories Best Health and Safety in Construction. The shortlist is Hunter Safety Group, Orbit, Envent, Tartar Consulting Engineers Limited, and Safety Chair International. The Safer Logistics Award. The shortlist is Auto Windscreens, Co op, ProSeal UK, and Sainsbury's. And the final category is the Woman of the Year Award. And the shortlist for this is Sen Azapardi from Salesforce, Katie Beck from BAE Systems Maritime Services, Claudia Calder from Cardness, Julie Blackburn from Northgate Lighting, Crystal Danbury from Sainsbury's, Jane Downey from Travis Perkins, Fran Collinson from Aramark Limited, Louise Kelly from Birmingham Airport, Jane Lombardi from Orbit Group, Tina Mystery from ACO, Caroline Smith, the VPS Group, and Janet Wayne from Aqua Safety Showers. And that's a brand new category, the Women of the Year category, and there was a lot of entries to that. So I'm really, really pleased to see that as well. We really wanted to try and promote diversity in the health and safety sector, and it seems that's caught the imagination. There's a really really strong shortlist there and it was by no means given you were getting on that shortlist the amount of entries we had so thank you again to everyone that entered huge congratulations to those who got shortlisted and we really hope you and anybody listening to this can join us on the 6th of april where we'll reveal the winners at the black tie dinner at the vox in resorts and all you need to do to get your tickets is go to she-awards.com and it is a great night of entertainment and networking but more importantly it really gives recognition to the great work that all of you guys do. So moving on to our next news story. And this is a story out from IOSH. And it's all about reducing work-related back pain. So taking steps to reduce work-related back pain can help businesses lower costs and improve productivity. IOSH has given this advice on preventing MSDs. So neck pain, back pain, tendonitis, osteoarthritis, most of our workforce has had them or could do, says IOSH. But do we know how much these common conditions, do we know enough about them and including how badly they're impacting your business? So what IOSH has said is um, the above, along with other ailments known as are all known as musculoskeletal disorders, MSDs. I managed to say that properly, which I'm pretty proud I got through that tongue twister. They affect mechanisms in the body such as joints, muscles, and tendons. So they can be caused or made worse by work or the effects of the work environment, such as manual handling of heavy loads, unfavorable body postures, etc. So the emphasis on can, and as these conditions are preventable, I should said. So by preventing and managing embassies in the workplace, organisations can lower costs, improve productivity, gain worker engagement, reduce staff turnover, improve morale, reduce absence rates, and more, say IOSH. So here are seven key steps from IOSH, who's supporting the European Agency for Safety and Health at Work, which is EUOSHA, Lighten the Load campaign to help protect your workforce. So these are the, uh, the seven simple steps they're saying to help protect to get MSDs. Risk assess is the first one. The health and safety um, favourite really is the best way to predict various factors that can lead to MSDs. Control the risks. MSDs can be prevented in the same way you control other risks. Take a break. 
Promote a healthy work-life balance and ensure the rest breaks are included. Create good ergonomics. Balance the requirements of the job and the capacity of the employee. Choose the best way to do a job. The way in which working can perform the task can affect MSDs. For example, when lifting a load, the centre of gravity should be close to the body, Ayosh says. Try to prevent before you have to cure. That's a key thing here. Avoiding accidents and injuries in the workplace, which can cause MSDs, as well as injuries, should be front and centre of every organisation. Report it. It's important that an organisation has processes in place for workers to report MSD issues. The sooner they do, the easier it is for your organisation to prevent the issue and developing into something more serious. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously timely because the light and load campaign is out from EU OSHA and and it's very sensible, obvious advice there. But often in health and safety, it's the obvious advice that isn't always obvious that you actually need to take heed of. So it's one thing, you know, in our workplace, we're always assessing people ergonomically. In fact, we've done webinars as well for all of you to enjoy. If you go to hsmsearch.com and go on the webinars tab, we did a, a really good ergonomics um, webinar with Eco Online that I would encourage all of you to to listen to. So yeah, you can uh, absolutely learn more about this by going to the uh, Lighten the Load campaign website. And easiest way to do that is healthy-workplaces.eu. That will give you all the information that you could possibly want on that. But yeah, I thought I'd share that with you because I thought it was an interesting one. So here's something that we don't cover that often, actually, on uh, the podcast. And I really want to take a little bit of a different angle than you this time. And this is industry acquisitions. So Alchemist has secured investment from Apex. So most of you will be familiar with Alchemist. Alchemist has announced that funds... Um, have been provided by Apex Partners Limited, which is a global private equity advisory firm and has made an investment for the controlling stake in the company. So this is obviously exciting news for Alchemist. So headquartered in the UK with offices in North America um, and Apex, Alchemist was established in 1979. And if you're not familiar with it, it helps, it aims to help organisation create a safer and more sustainable workplace through its expertise in integrated products and services. So... To do with APAX, which is obviously the private equity firm, they operate across seven locations worldwide and raised £60 billion in aggregate funds since its inception 50 years ago. So this investment follows the stake sale of private equity investor Inflexion, uh, who've been a strategic partner of Alchemist since 2015. The transaction represents the largest ever capital return and gain for Inflexion, followed in partnership with Alchemist. So... This is interesting. I mean, it, it, it's not an out-and-out sale of the business. It's a sale of controlling stake. Anyone that knows how private equity works, this is this is what happens. A private equity firm will buy a stake, uh, have a management team at Alchemist to grow the business, which they have done exponentially over the last few years, and then seek further and greater private equity funding to carry on the next level of investment. So during the period of time of inflection zone, Alchemist has grown organically through five strategic acquisitions to become a global technology business. Um, and it's got with operations across three continents, 750 employees and 45,000 customers, um, which includes nearly 50% of the uh, FTSE 100 index and many of the Fortune 500 companies. So 
this is this is big news for them. And uh, Alan Franklin, who's been a guest of this podcast before, is the CEO of Alchemist, said, "Our journey of reflection has seen us transform from consultancy business to global leader in technology risk management solutions. APAC recognizes the success we've achieved in the last six years and the growth potential ahead." With such respect to the high-profile investors, we're excited to continue our ambitious growth journey and global strategic plans with unique combination of technology and people. So, actually, you know, I wanted to share this because one, it, you know, it, it's a big internal industry news story, um, but it, but Alchemist's growth has been phenomenal. The health and safety sector as a whole is growing. You know, for at the time when we're all hearing about the recession and the effects of the pandemic and, and, it, and it's all doom and gloom. I know that the government has just uh, released recently significant growth in the UK economy, which is good to see, but this is a good news story. This is a company that despite a pandemic has grown tremendously over six years and, and managed to attract even greater uh, PE investment. So just want to send my congratulations over to Alan and his team. It seems like great news for them. And it's been fantastic uh, seeing their growth over the recent years and, and long may it continue. So, okay, the last news story of the day, and this is all to do with the survey highlighting the hidden dangers of hybrid working. So Eco Online has revealed the findings of its hybrid work study, which it conducted in 2021 in December. With us, in fact, they, they did it with us. Uh, we sent out the survey, and the reason I'm sharing it with you is many of you took part in it. So they surveyed um, our database, basically, amongst their own, and 447 companies ended up taking part in this. And the study suggests that half of employers may need to reassess their health and safety provision for hybrid workers. Worryingly, the data reveals that only one in two firms, 52% to be precise, are providing safety training for staff based partly at home. Against the context of a shifting uh, social attitude towards the workplace and a sharp increase in hybrid working, these figures highlight how businesses must act now to adequately protect workforces in a more fluid and remote office environment. So, however, while nearly six out of ten firms are planning to carry out new risk assessments for their hybrid teams, this survey found there's a substantial minority, 43%, who don't plan to do so. So looking at how these assessments will be conducted, one in two will ask employees to fill out a risk assessment form, while 37% say they will continue to use their current approaches along with in-office assessments. A tiny minority, 4%, said health and safety professionals um, will send, I should say, health and safety professionals to their colleagues' home for an in-person review. And 3% will conduct online video assessments with managers and a health and safety practitioner. There are also some gaps between the self-risk assessed provision and subsequent training. As you'd expect, almost all the companies are asking about workplace ergonomics. That's 97% in risk assessment. But only 14% plan to provide training in correct posture and workstation setup. So... 29% uh, of companies have already decided they're reducing their office sales, sorry, the office space provision, and 25% have this option on the table. So just under half are keeping office estate as it is. So that figure is quite interesting there. Of all uh, the 400-odd companies um, that took part in this, only half are intending to have the office space to be the same size and back to what it was pre-pandemic. So this is... This is a live, ongoing issue, is Eco Online's point here. So commenting on the study, 
Dr. Catherine Jordan, health and safety product specialist at Eco Online, said employers need to remember that their duty of care for their people's health, safety, and well-being extends to the home. Um, part of the and that's obviously where part of the working hours are. Managing the blend of home and office working requires planning and communication. Risk assessment is an important precursor to any new working arrangement, but it's only one consideration in the successful management of worker safety, health and well-being. She went on to say, while the experience for the past two years has been seminal, it will only be partly prepare workers and organisations for the changes now underway. Those businesses most likely to thrive in a hybrid working future will have risk assessed the implications of a hybrid work model and the sustainability of individuals' home for extended working periods, provided the right equipment and provided training in planned approach. Updated procedures and guidance to managing safety will also be important, as is the health and welfare of all in the new changing world of work. So, yeah, I mean, you can see the full results of this survey on our website. Uh, simply go in our search box on there and say, survey highlights hidden dangers of hybrid working you could probably type in dangers of hybrid working and it will come up quicker than that be easier for you to remember but yeah there's, there's some startling statistics there some very very worrying statistics but it, it was really fascinating reading through the results of this survey and i'm very grateful to all of you who actually took part in this survey because you know i wanted to share it with you for the for a key part of saying you know you took part of this, so you probably would quite like to uh, to know what the results were. So hopefully that gave you an overview. But uh, yeah, do go on hmsearch.com and, uh, and and have a look at that article. So before we get to our first uh, guest, well, our guest for this episode of the podcast, I also wanted to remind you, you can come and join us face-to-face on the 15th of June, 2022. We'll be holding the... HSM Golf and Networking Day, which is sponsored by Martor and in partnership with the British Safety Industry Federation. It takes place at the Celtic Manor Resort, fantastic resort in, in Newport in Wales. And, you know, for those of you that come and join us, you'll enjoy a morning uh, starting off with bacon rolls, tea and coffee. But then we're going to go into some CPD seminars where you will get a CPD certificate for your attendance. And then there'll be a great networking lunch. And then we're off to play golf. Uh, some of us very badly, I can assure you. And uh, we we will be taking the golf course um, for the Roman Road course over there. So, yeah, please come and join us. You, you've got a morning, 90 minutes of CBD seminars, great networking opportunity, and an even better networking opportunity on a fantastic top-class golf course. There'll be trophies for the winning team, uh, trophy for closest to the pin, and uh, closest longest drive. I will be in none of those categories. I will be attempting to play and as i'm relatively new to playing golf don't expect me to be lifting any trophies other than giving it to somebody else to uh, celebrate their victory but it takes place on the 15th of june so please do come and uh join us tickets are going fast you can get yours now on hsmgolf.com hsmgolf.com um yeah get them while you can is what i would say so our guest on this edition of the HSM podcast is Theo Simon, and uh, Theo works for 3M as an abrasives applications expert. And this interview with Theo is really interesting. We really talk about uh, the dangers of hand-arm vibration, you know, known as have. So I sat down with Theo earlier today, and here's what he had to say. <music>
Well, delighted to be joined on today's podcast by Theo Simon, who, as I mentioned earlier, is the 3M Abraces application engineer. We've done webinars before together, so we've known each other a while. How are you, Theo? Are you well? I'm very well. Thank you, Mark. Very well. Well, thank you for joining us today. I mean, I want to talk about a topic that we haven't done a whole lot of talking about on this podcast before, and that's about hand-arm vibration. Now, a lot of our listeners and readers of HSM are going to be familiar with what this is, but let's just aim at the people that maybe that aren't, Theo. So, so for those that don't know, what is hand-arm vibration? So, in essence, hand-arm vibration uh, is vibration transmitted from work processes into workers' hands and arms. So it can be caused by a, a, a number of different things, but generally it's from operating handheld power tools. Uh, it could be anything such as a, <clears throat> a road breaker or it could be hand-guided equipment um, such as angle grinders. Um, but it can also be caused by um, holding materials that are being processed by machinery such as uh, pedestal grinders. And the, the point is here that regular and frequent exposure to this uh, can lead to permanent health effects. And uh, this is most likely, for instance, when you're uh, contacting a vibrating tool or working process as part of your regular day job. So occasional exposure is unlikely to cause um, ill health. So if you're doing um, DIY, for instance, just short term, it's unlikely to be a problem. And uh, in, in terms of the symptoms that you might experience, it would be uh, anything from uh, tingling and numbness in the fingers to not being able to feel things properly to loss of strength in the hands. And sometimes you, you end up with uh, fingers that go white. Um, so, it, yeah, there's various different symptoms to this hand-on vibration. And uh, generally speaking, it's not reversible. So it, it, it can be quite a serious condition, especially if, uh, you know, your day job is involving these uh, processes that cause vibration. Yeah, it, it is a very serious condition. As you said, it is irreversible. Over the, my 15 years of covering the health and safety sector from a journalistic point of view, I've seen many a prosecution from the health and safety sector for people that have been using things like groundbreakers that have developed this condition. It, it is really serious, which is why I really wanted to talk about it today. And, and let's, So we now understand what the condition is. We understand you know, what happens to people and how it can, how it, how it can happen. But what are the legal limits and employers' responsibilities to do with this yeah so that that's an interesting question now the the legal limits um i, I think are probably fairly well understood but they're, they're set out in the control of vibration at work regulations act which uh, came into force in 2005 so that's about 17 years ago now uh, there's a lot of material in there but but essentially it boils down to two values uh, so in terms of those legal limits, there's something called the exposure limit value or the ELV. Um, and that is essentially what it says it is. It's a limit value. So if you were an end user, uh, an operator being exposed to vibration, um, you must not exceed that limit value. 
Um, and there's there's two numbers uh, for that. There's five meters per second squared, uh, or perhaps more easily understood is the point-based system, which is 400 points. So if you find you're exceeding the 400 points, then you're in a, a, a you know, you're exceeding the legal limit, if you like. Now, prior to that, there's another value, which is the exposure action value, which is set uh, at uh, 100 points. And essentially, if you are going above the 100 points, then um, you need to take action or your employer needs to take action to reduce the vibration to below 100 points. So you're kind of in a, an amber zone to, to picture it. Um, so the, the ultimate aim of these limits is to try and reduce people's exposure to vibration to the absolute minimum. Now, um, in terms of the employer's responsibility, uh, the employer must assess and identify measures uh, to eliminate or, or reduce the risks um, so that they can protect their employees from the risks of, uh, to their health. So that, that's essentially what the employer needs to do. Now, actually putting that into practice is where the complexity comes into it. Um, but if we speak just generally now, if you're in that um, zone above the limit value, then you can consider your risks are very high and there should be a prioritised action plan to get it down to the amber zone um, and potentially into the green, which is below the action value. Uh, where risks are low, so you're in that green zone below the action value, then the actions may be quite simple and very inexpensive. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it can be quite complex, as I say, how to actually reduce the vibration, but the legal limits and the responsibilities are, are fairly clear. And so as we go on from this, what can be done to control the risks and minimise exposure, in your opinion, Theo? Okay, so in the first instance, you need to understand if you've actually got a problem. Um, now, that, that might sound um, stupid, but not everyone that's using uh, vibratory equipment will have a problem. So first thing is to establish if you've got a problem and then uh, you can work from there. So uh, there are a number of questions, actually, on the Health and Safety Executive website. In fact, I think there's four. And one such question um, is, do employees use rotary or other action tools for more than one hour a day? <clears throat> so you could consider if you were using a, an angle grinder, let's say, for more than an hour every day, then you may have a, an issue that's worth looking at. So as I say, first thing is to understand whether you've got a problem. Um, and then the second issue is to try and um, establish a, a method to minimize the exposure. So um, it's essentially to make sure that people aren't suffering um, damage to their health. So essentially what you're trying to do is con control those risks. Um, so once you've done all that and you've established there's an issue, step one is really carry out a risk assessment um, and that, that is best practice. And then within that risk assessment, you assess 
who's at risk and how much they're at risk by. And that's that sort of that high, medium and low uh, values that I was alluding to in the previous question. So, Theo, I know this is something I'm sure 3M can help with. But before we get to that part, in your opinion, how can choosing the right equipment and abrasive consumer will help mitigate risks? Yeah. Um, so in terms of, of that, if we consider the hierarchy of control, um, that essentially starts off with elimination. And that, that really is always the best policy to um, mitigate hand-on vibration. But we must understand that, that that's not always possible and it can involve significant investment maybe in in automation or, or other uh, very costly um, equipment. So we just should think about other measures as well and then they don't always need to be costly and wide-ranging. So uh, and I think this is, is not so well understood is the part that the machine and the consumable, i.e. the, the abrasive play. Um, <clears throat> and I, I can tell you, it, it can be uh, quite, quite a huge difference that you can make. Um, and not all equipment and abrasives are the same. And buying on price, uh, it, as we probably all know, doesn't necessarily offer the best solution. And when you do look through distributors' websites, the price is the thing that kind of stands out, uh, and sometimes it's there's not enough information actually to make a, a selection. But but I can tell you that it is worth looking at the equipment and looking at consumables with a bit more detail, and that might mean um, ringing a distributor uh, and asking for the manufacturer to to come and give you a. A visit and introduction to their technology because some quite um, significant mitigations can be made by just considering the equipment uh, and the abrasive. So the next question for you Theo is what impact does choosing the right abrasive have on safety with productivity? Okay so we, we touched on the, the, the right equipment uh, and the abrasive consumables in the previous question. And, you know, 3M is a manufacturer of uh, abrasives. And this is essentially a, a specialist subject of mine uh, in terms of how we can improve safety and productivity by looking at the abrasive. Now, it's generally thought um, that increasing safety on the shop floor can reduce productivity. Now, I'd say maybe that was the case or could be the case with poorly implemented systems. But from my experience, I don't think this view is, is correct anymore. But it is vital to consult with your employees and trade unions to find the, the best solutions for them. Now, as the question asks, uh, in abrasive terms, um, and this is, you know, let's talk about examples, so sanding discs or grinding wheels, uh, flap discs or Scotch-Brite, etc. We have independent uh, test data that can show simple changes from one product to another, which does have a low impact on the process, 
can have quite a significant effect on the operator exposure to vibration, noise, and to a certain extent, um, airborne particles. So just as an example from this independent data, a switch from a traditional grinding wheel to a fibre disc with the next generation of minerals in, for example, can reduce exposure to vibration by up to 91%, uh, which is a significant uh, percentage when you're considering you're not really affecting the process that much. Um, In addition, uh, it will do the job much quicker thanks to the increased efficiency uh, and thereby reduces the process time, which is increasing the productivity. And uh, this is something that we can demonstrate to uh, end users. And I, I always say seeing is believing and you always hear at least I always hear in my industry wild claims of two times this and three times that. But seeing is believing. Uh, and to conclude the answer to this question, I, you know, I'd ask you to look for products containing the next generation of ceramic minerals. And perhaps if you searched for precision shaped grain in, in Google, for instance, um, there'd be uh, a wealth of material there which would give a bit more detail around the uh, answer to the question well of course we felt this was a timely conversation Theo because you and I will be working together again on our next webinar both HSM and 3M are partnering on the 9th of March and that's for our joint webinar on hazards in metalworking welding and abrasives so we hope as many of you as possible that listen to this can join us for free you all you have to do is go to hsmsearch.com as hsmsearch.com and click on the webinars well, the webinars button at the top tab there. Click on that tab for webinars. If you scroll down, you'll see one called Hazard and Metalworking, Welding and Abrasives. As I said, that's taking place on the 9th of March. Don't panic if you're hearing this after the 9th of March. You'll be able to watch it on demand via the same link. And I'll be chairing that panel. Uh, Theo will be on it as well. And so will Paul Spooner, who's the Applications Engineer for PPE for 3M. It's a it's a great topic. Um, and, and Theo, you know what? things might we cover in that don't want to give too much of a spoiler i just want people there but what kind of things will you be touching on uh so it it will be essentially centered around welding uh processes and processes prior to welding and after welding so it it, it it's pretty much touching on the metal working uh, applications uh, and it's a very safety-focused uh, webinar, uh, and we'll be giving a, a background in the health and safety aspects of of that uh, metalworking uh, process, uh, and we'll be giving some and hints and tips as to what you can do to minimise and, and mitigate exposure to the the long-term hazards. Uh, which I would argue are not perhaps as um, or not as much as importance appears to be placed on those as they do the short term. Um, so, so yeah, um, it should be a very interesting um, hour and there'll be 
a time for questions uh, and, and answers as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, we always get loads of questions for you, Theo, on those. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring that up. That does take place on the 9th of March 2022, depending on when you're listening to this. But as I said, don't worry if you're listening to this after that date. You can go to hsmsearch.com, click on the webinars tab, and then scroll down to hazards in metalworking, welding and abrasives. And we've got a full synopsis and a button there to register for free. But obviously today's conversation was all about how it's a topic that's very, very important. We cover a lot on, sadly, on the prosecution side of things. So, you know, we've talked about all the issues around in that today, Theo, and I appreciate it. But for those that are listening to what you've had to say today, how can they find out more information about 3M and how you could potentially help them with this? What's the best way to get in touch? You got a website or LinkedIn? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, so we we are running a, a campaign um, currently uh, around uh, safety and mitigation of these long-term hazards. And there, we have a website. Uh, it is uh, 3M co.uk forward slash safety built in and the safety built in is is all one word and on there you'll find a lot of material uh, which will give you hints and tips as to how to mitigate the the long-term hazards there is also a a contact us uh, page where you can get in contact with uh, somebody from 3m um, a, a territory sales representative and if you're interested you can invite them in and they can take a, a look at your process and um, if if again your interest levels are high there is a potential for a technical person to come in to do an, a, a, an assessment to give you a comparative um, understanding as to what you might be able to do to reduce your exposure to these long-term hazards uh, in terms of abrasives. So, yeah, I'd take a look at that uh, that website in the first instance. And, of course, Theo himself is available on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with Theo, just search on LinkedIn for Theo Simon. Uh, so T-H-E-O Simon, he's there. But thank you for today, Theo. It's always great to catch up with you. Very much looking forward to the webinar uh, in March. And, yeah, thanks again for today. It was great to see you. Okay, thank you for the time, Mark. It was a pleasure uh, chatting to you. Yeah, thank you to Theo for giving us his time uh, on this episode of the podcast. And obviously, I hope you guys, as I mentioned, will join us for our webinar with uh, 3M with Theo as well in March. Just go to hsmsearch.com, click on the webinars tab and you can sign up for free. So yeah, that's all we've got time for this edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsor, of course, which is the Health and Safety event. As I mentioned at the start of today's podcast, you can sign up for free to attend the Health and Safety event from the 5th to 7th of April, 2022 at the NEC in Birmingham. If you register up, you also get free access to the workplace event, the fire safety event, and the security event. All you need to do is go to healthandsafetyevent.com and you can get your free pass. As I also mentioned, I really hope you guys will join us at Celtic Manor for the HSM Golf Networking Day, which takes place on the 15th of June at Celtic Manor Resort, which is in Newport. As I said, 
15th of June. It's sponsored by Martor and being done in partnership with the British Safety Industry Federation. Good morning, CPD. A lot of networking and then straight into a fantastic afternoon of golf. You can get your tickets and they're going fast at hsmgolf.com. hsmgolf.com is the place to go for that. But as I said at the start of the podcast, you don't just need to wait for this podcast to get your latest for the health and safety news and prosecutions and services, etc. You can go to our website, which is www.hsmsearch.com. And there you can see all the latest news, prosecutions, products and services. But you can also sign up to get copies of the magazine for free or you can sign up to our twice a week newsletter or if you click on the webinars tab you can of course see all of our back archive of webinars you can listen to for free or sign up to any of our upcoming webinars in the meantime if you've got any feedback on the podcast we'd love to hear it please use the hashtag on social media hsm podcast please do give us a review on whatever platform that you use to listen to this podcast be itunes or wherever um but uh Until next time, I hope you have a a great month and we'll see you next time on the Health and Safety Matters podcast. Mm